You're listening to Abstinence After Sex. Welcome to Abstinence After Sex. My name is Bethany, and I am happy that you came back. You guys, I've been receiving a whole lot of good feedback, and I'm just so grateful that I can be of use to just somebody to do something. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about your foundation and changing your foundation. So just changing your beliefs about sex and God and like how they connect. And that is the purpose of this entire show, like this entire podcast. But today we're going to talk about your foundation. Where did you learn about sex? What do you think about sex right now? Like just your foundation, like how did, how were you introduced to sex? So our theme scripture for today is a commonly used scripture, but I hope that today that I can present it to you in a different light. Today's theme scripture is Romans 12, 1 through 2. And it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when I first found out that I was pregnant at Hampton in the bathroom, the very first thought that I had was, what am I going to tell the people at church? Not what am I going to tell my mom or my dad and stuff like that. Like I did, I had no worry about like my friends or my family. The main worry that I had was judgment from the church. While most of the reactions were positive, I can remember one person who I looked at as like an aunt. She told me that she was disappointed in me. And y'all, I cried. Like... I guess it was because I was pregnant or hormonal. (laughs) We're just going to blame it on that. But looking back on that situation, I wish I could tell myself, like, stop crying. Like, what are you crying for? Like, she or anybody else in this church has no right to tell you that they're disappointed in you because they didn't take the time to teach you God's way about having sex. If I was taught abstinence if that's what I was brought up with then maybe they would have a right to say oh I'm very disappointed in you but you as a church and myself included we have no right in shaming a teen mother or shaming some some young girl for getting pregnant if we don't teach them we hand them to the world and tell the world to teach our children about sex and then get upset when our children comes back with the world's outcome. And that leads me to my very first question for you. So who taught you about sex? Like, and this is a real question. Like, you need to, like, sit here and think about it. You can press pause if you need to. Who taught you about sex? Where did you learn it from? Are you still practicing the things that you were taught? I learned sex from all different types of media. I learned sex from porn. I learned sex from every which way and situation except from the Bible. I got the world's 
lesson on what sex is, what sex should be. And I started practicing what I was taught. Romans 12 verse 2 starts off by saying, and do not be conformed to this world. I feel like the biggest mistake that we make as Christians is that we believe since we're not totally like the world, like since we don't embody every last trait of the world, that we're immune to conforming to the world. But conformity is not always a big thing that you can see. Conformity is just when you take the shape of something. And we forget that the Bible says that we're clay. So it's easy for us to take the shape of almost anything, not just God. Yes, we were made in his image, but we're still clay. And we conform to the things that we're next to. It's natural for us as humans to conform because we want to belong. Yes, we want to be unique. We want to stand out. But at the same time, you would rather be in a group than be alone. As people say, oh, I don't like people. I want to be alone. But... We conform to something. That small little group of friends, that one or two people that that we hang out with, we have conformed to that situation. The church that we go to, we conform to the way that it is. Our job, we conform to the practices and the speech and the language. Like We conform naturally because it's in our blood. Which is why I believe that the Holy Spirit led Paul to write, don't conform to the world rather than just saying don't conform because he knows that us conforming is inevitable but it's who or what that we conform to which is like the big deal and as females (laughs) we criticize eve because we have cramps and stuff like that and we have to give birth we love to criticize eve for like for eating the apple but i'm gonna take the time to defend Eve right now and be the devil's advocate and say that Eve was just being her natural self when she ate the apple. Eve was just conforming to who she was around, which was Satan. If you think about it, Eve had the time to have a whole conversation with the devil. Like she was left alone by herself to have a conversation with Satan. Like, she was just chilling in the garden, just having a conversation with him. Like, where was Adam? So before you come for Eve, just think about the whole situation. She was just naturally doing what we all would do. And that's why it's just important when people say, watch the company that you keep. It's just so important to figure out who you're around, who you're next to, because the people that we're around the most and the people that we talk to, we conform and we become like them because it's just natural. I admit that I conform to this world's way of having sex. I was taught by school. I was taught by mainstream media. I was taught by porn. I was taught by music. I was taught that sex before marriage was not a big deal. And that's what I practiced because that's what I was taught. And when I think about practicing what you're taught, I think about the commonly used scripture, Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We love to bring up that scripture in church, but we don't think about the fact that this is true for both good and bad things. So if we allow the world to train up our children, then nine times out of 10, that's how they will be when they get old. My mom, she gave me a book about sex when I was like, I don't even know how old I was. I don't even think I really read that book. 
but she gave me the book but she didn't teach me constantly it wasn't like a constant teaching on abstinence and waiting and I love my mama everybody that knows me knows that I love my mom but she didn't she didn't do her duty in that area around my life and I honestly think she was just more concerned with me getting my soul correct than my sex life but it's it's all good mom I'm going to heaven I see you there high five (laughs) but I just say all this to say that we can't get upset with I'm not just going to say daughters with our sons with our children if we don't teach them what the Bible says and what God says about sex if we allow the world to teach them we can't get mad at them if you were like me and you were taught by the world, don't lose hope because Paul <laughs> Paul offers a solution in the very next line. And he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when I read that line, my mind went two ways. The first way was how, like, how do we renew our minds? And the simple answer is read the word like I think I'm gonna tell you this in every show I've been saying this in every show and I'm probably gonna say this until the end of time like is the only way that we can renew our mind is by reading God's word by consuming God's word and the Bible says it itself like I found a scripture y'all to defend me so the Lord is on my side with this <laughs> it says for it's in first Peter 1 23 it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the Lord has spoken, you guys. The Lord is saying through the word of God, you can renew your mind. So that's the first thing that popped up to my head. How can we renew our mind? How can we renew our mind? And it's through reading the Bible. But the second thought that came to my head when I read that line what if we transform the way that we think God views sex I believe that God really didn't care about sex God didn't really think about sex but nowhere in the Bible does it say that God hates sex it just says that God hates the counterfeit which is sexual impurity and the only reason why he hates that is because it hurts us and I like to think of it as like real ice cream versus non-dairy ice cream when you eat the knockoff ice cream, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. It's really, it's actually really good. But when you compare it to the original, the creme de la creme, you understand that the taste is not as pure. It's not as sweet. It's not as delicious. Your taste buds aren't doing the dance that they usually do. <laughs> and it's the same way with sex God's way and doing sex the world's way having sex before marriage yes it feels good but when you have sex God's way it's 10 times better so I wanted to be known that God is not a prude like we're out here believing that God is like don't have sex sex is wrong but in Genesis God tells Adam and Eve to have sex when he says be fruitful and multiply he is not telling them to plant gardens y'all he is saying go ahead and go have sex y'all go multiply go create some more babies out here the bible also says how a husband and a wife should not deny each other sex unless they're fasting and it's in agreement god knows that we like sex that's because he created us and he created sex for us so hopefully you can transform your way of thinking about God and his connection to sex 
I thought that God's view was the church's view. Like, when I grew up in the church, sex was really, like, a hush-hush topic. We didn't really talk about that. And being in the church didn't give me a desire to be in a Christian relationship, in a Christian marriage. Because all of the marriages that I saw, nobody was hugging, nobody was kissing, nobody was holding hands. In my view, it wasn't the type of relationship that I longed for. I believe that sex was not a big deal in God's view. So as a teen, I didn't turn to the Bible about my relationships or my sex life because I thought that God didn't care. I turned to like my friends, but God really does care about your sex life. God cares about your relationships, especially your sex life, because that's you're connecting your soul to another being. He wants to be in the middle of that entire situation. He wants to be in the middle of you guys becoming one flesh. So yeah, I hope that the next time that you read Romans 12 too, that you're reminded that God knows your nature. So he knows your willingness and your ability just to conform to anything. And that you also are reminded of how much that God longs for us to learn about his nature, which is the ability to just transform us and transform the way that we think. I was originally just going to focus on Romans 12 too, but it's important for me that we also take the time to look at verse 1, which says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This verse is commonly used I believe as a way to like guilt people into being abstinent or to following God. And while I believe this is and can be a good scripture to promote abstinence, it can often push people away because nobody wants to be guilted into doing anything. And if we focus on the wrong words in the scripture, we'll instantly believe that we can't do it. So when I first read this, when I first heard this scripture, the first word that came popped out to me was holy. Uh, <laughs> holy and Bethany don't really sound like the same two words. <laughs> so I'm not sure if abstinence is for me or if obeying God is for me because I just can't be holy. Let's focus on the other words in this verse and hopefully that can simplify or make it easier. So when this verse starts off, Paul reminds us of what kind of God we serve. He says, by the mercies of God. So he's just reminding us that God is very merciful. And mercy only means that he doesn't give us the true punishment that we deserve. And I believe that Paul puts this in the beginning of this verse because... He doesn't want us to instantly give up when we don't live up to the challenge that he puts before us. And the challenge happens in the very next line. He challenges us to be living sacrifices. So what is a living sacrifice? That sounds so amazing. Oh, a living sacrifice. (laughs) Simply put, a living sacrifice is a daily death. Like, it's when you choose to die to yourself daily and you choose God's way. So instead of being petty-betty... 
you choose to be, you know, peaceful Patricia. (laughs) Instead of taking that last shot, taking that one more hit of the blunt, you choose not to smoke at all. Or you choose not to take that last drink because you want to be in your right mind. And you want to know what's going on. Choosing God's way just means that instead of having sex, you choose to go take a walk. (laughs) I know that sounds like two opposite things, but if you listen to the last show, you'll understand. And we talk about different alternatives to having sex, different things that you can do besides having sex. So make sure you go listen to that. (laughs) So the next line that stood out to me was acceptable to God. This line is very important to me because I feel like because the word holy is right before that, only holy people or only holy things are acceptable to God. But when we look at the Bible, we have to like really look at like what did God accept? And I love to go back to David. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. But David was an adulterer, David was a murderer, but he was acceptable to God. So what did David do that made him acceptable to God? And if you read the book of Psalms, David is like pouring his heart out. And I believe what made David acceptable to God is that David had a constant desire. He was quick to confess and he was willing to be conformed. So his constant desire, meaning like he constantly wanted to be next to God he constantly wanted to be in his temple like he constantly wanted to be in the presence of God so his constant desire for God and then his quick confession in Psalms 51 3 after David was called out for murdering and being an adulterer the very first thing David did was go to God and just confess he didn't make excuses he went to God and he confessed his sins and then he also was willing to be conformed by God. Like he was willing to just lay down his life and say, God, just fix me, just mold me, just change me. So I believe those three things, having a constant desire, being quick to confess, just always be quick to let God know. Like God knows that he's right and that you're wrong. It's just you knowing it. You come into grips with the fact that you're wrong and he's not. (laughs) So just just quick to confess don't be petty not with God (laughs) admit that you're wrong and then just be willing to conform because you're going to conform to something why not conform to the Lord so don't think that you have to be perfect or you have to be holy to be acceptable to God you just have to be willing to just be transformed by him and then lastly I love how Paul (laughs) I love how Paul ends this in saying that it's a reasonable service. Dying daily is our reasonable service. And if you think about it, it is kind of reasonable. Jesus already died on the cross for us. So the least we can do (laughs) is die daily to ourselves. The least we can do is choose God's way instead of our way. You have to think about it. Yes, Jesus died, but Jesus was beat, you guys. Like, Jesus was... People spit on him like hawk spit. Like, we can't even... I can't even imagine somebody spitting on me now. If somebody spit on you, you would lose your mind. You would lose your mind. But Jesus took that hawk spit for you. So think about that next time before you decide to be petty. Think about Jesus taking spit for you, for your pettiness, okay? And then maybe you would choose God's way over your way. (laughs) 
that's the least that we can do that's the least we can do you guys is choosing god's way over our way because he already took our death he already took our punishment the least we can do is just model his example so i pray that this show has transformed the way that you look at this commonly used passage i've been raised in the church and if you were raised in the church or even if you're not raised in the church and you've heard this passage before i hope it just changed the way that you look at it and i want you to take the time to write down and reflect on how and what you've conformed to because we have and we are conforming to something so just take the time to write down like what are you conforming to what are you practicing right now and if it is not God's way take the time to pray ask God to just transform you and if you're not fond of reading I want to recommend that you look up on YouTube Pastor Michael Todd and his series on relationship goals that is a powerful um group of sermons that have helped me with my journey and being abstinent and it just talks about um our relationships and how we view sex and just it's just good stuff so I really urge you to go over there on YouTube and listen and check that out I thank you once again for just taking the time to listen to this podcast taking the time to choose you and Yeah, just pray for me, you guys, because this abstinence journey is work, but I believe that it is worth it. I thank you so much, and I love you, and I hope that you know how much God loves you. All right, peace.